Well, hello and welcome to episode 143 of The Call Room. Uh, I'm your host, David Griffiths. I'll shortly be joined by my very good friend, Mr. Warren Wu, for what's going to be an excellent chat with Nudeldorf. Uh, they are great guys. We enjoyed a pleasant Sunday afternoon with them a week or so ago at the time of me recording this intro. Uh, and their beers are delicious. If, if you'd like to be tasting those beers while you listen to the podcast, that's a great way to support what we do. That's a great way to make sure that you maximise the benefits and enjoyment you can get from the podcast. Head on over to the Cool Room Shopify store. Not hard to find if you go put that into Google. Grab a Noodledoof pack. Uh, it's great value and you'll be able to support us, help us do what we do. Check out some of the other great things that we have there. Our August pack is fantastic. Uh, it contains Colonial, it contains Wolf of the Willows, and contains 71 Brewing from Dundee, Scotland. So certainly looking forward to having all of those guys on the show. Uh, and also really looking forward to going out and spending a Sunday afternoon with our friends at Co-Conspirators out in Brunswick, Melbourne, Victoria. Uh, they're great brewers, been great supporters of ours over the years. We all get together to be in the flesh on a Sunday afternoon. That's going to be pretty special as well. Okay. Mr. Warren Wu is joining us in the call room, recently returned from sunny Queensland, and he's brought the sunshine with him to Melbourne this afternoon. Yeah, it's good to be back. It is a lot colder here than it is in, is in far north Queensland, but that's, that's all right. When it's nice and sunny, who gives a shit? Um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. David, and I'm really excited to have a cheeky Sunday session with Noodle Doof. Or Noodle, yeah, Noodle Doof. Noodle Doof. There's no other way to say it, is there? Um, or is there? There's plenty of other ways. There's lots of other ways. <laughs> <laughs> noodle Doof, Noodle Doof, Noodle Doodle Noof. Yeah, lots of Noodle Noof. I will, yes. I will end up saying that by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Just a After the 13% scout, you'll be, uh, you'll be saying yeah. that one. That's probably a good time to remind David, to remind our listeners that they could probably take the the stout out of the fridge now um, and let it come up to temperature a little bit so they get that in full effect. Uh, That's a, an excellent reminder, Mr Wu. I believe you have now abandoned fridging of any number of styles of beers as part of some newfound, you know, environmental activism or something like that. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. That's like the, the fridge. My fridge is is the first thing that needs to go. Um, no, I'd like it, it because yeah. So I was just talking. Uh, I was just talking to Alex and Sam about um, the fact that I'm not putting a lot of the the lagers, the the kind of the lagers and pilsners in the fridge at the moment, just because it's kind of cold. It's kind of pretty chilly anyway, but more because it just shows out the the beer and just gives you another dimension to it. And it's really interesting. It's like to see a lot of the craft ones hold up really well. I'm surprised. I, I thought I'd come across a whole bunch which would kind of fall apart a little bit, but they're all, yeah, they're all still really tasty. They're really clean and crisp. You get a whole bunch of different flavors and this, and there's the, the, a, this is probably a good example. So um, the noodle... Why don't you introduce Sam yeah, and You can hear whether they agree yeah, with yeah, this, yeah. Uh, this, I, this concept or yeah, not. Yeah, I'm just, I'm working my way around it, you know. I'm just uh, <laughs> playing with the playing with the format. We're almost 150 podcasts, and, you know. Oh, are we really? I didn't remember. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Someone mentioned it. So how about, oh, how about we get, how, how about we start with Alex introducing Sam? I think that'd be uh, a good way to go. So d- tell us, tell us how you know each other. 
um, yep. the history behind behind Nildoof and and uh, and and yeah, favorite beer. Favorite beer is yeah. always a nice one. I've I've actually introduced Sam before, but um, as myself, we were in a TV interview, and I um, I called Sam. Sam, uh, Sam, myself, and myself, Sam. I was got a bit <laughs> starstruck. <laughs> I was on the on the on the um, video camera, but yeah, this is uh, Sam or um, or Noodles, if you want to call him that. Um, he's uh, called Noodles, I think, because of his long arms, but he's also got like two minute noodle kind of hair as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a few reasons. Um, we met way back. Uh, years ago, uh, our wives are actually cousins, um, and we used to um, live together in a share house um, um, back in Adelaide. Twenty and years ago. Twenty years ago. We don't look old. But yeah, we we dabbled in a bit of brewing, but nothing really of any um, kind of uh, anything good. <laughs> it was like, you know, <laughs> I think we did a ginger beer and a few mm. Cooper's kits and stuff back then. Mm. It was no shame in that. A few of us have done that along the way. Yeah. 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 That was a, it was our um, toe in the water, I would like to say, probably. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think what Sam's favorite beer would, would have been back then. Mm. Probably, probably a Cooper's pale. Yeah. Green. Green. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah, it would have been. That's as yep. that's as uh, you know, Adelaide as you get. So <laughs> I reckon there'll be all of these international listeners that we must have who seriously must think that Cooper's is the most consumed beer around Australia because <laughs> so often when we're talking about brewers and their origin stories, that's sort of where we kick things off. Between Ooh. that and Redback, which must people must sort of imagine is sort of, you know, again consumed in far greater amounts than or, or they think it's kind of a holy grail of beer like they yeah, think it's like oh it's this is the this is a source beer that makes good australian brewers we must all find this and drink it It probably was for a bit there like it's come <laughs> a long way but there was a period in time when that was uh you know that was yeah. it so yeah totally yeah absolutely yeah what do you think uh, uh what's sam's favorite beer now his favorite Ooh. beer now um He's kind of gone down the rabbit hole on kind of all the Belgian sours and stuff like that. So uh, one, one of those, one of those, anything, um, anything barrel aged and sour, um, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> we nice. kind of both do, you know. Mm. Like I think you sort of get down that way. Or mm. he's also partial to to a lager or a pale as well. So you know, yeah, something yep. like that. Yeah. Well, that was a much nicer introduction than it could have been. I feel like you've you've sort of done, you know, sort of the you're the first one of the group of friends who's done a speech at a twenty first. You've decided not to go all out in your speech, so that you hope that you know you, you'll be repaid with kindness by the others. We've got to work together all week uh, next <laughs> week, so I don't want to go too hard, you know. <laughs> Let's hear the reverse story, Noodles. Oh, well, Alex has told the story where we first met, so. Yeah, obviously our wives are cousins, but there's no there's no incest or anything there. We're not suggesting any sort of funny business. No one there. suggested that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do we get we get a few funny looks when when we tell that story and people go, oh, okay, but they don't say anything. Really? So I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, um, I like I'll you start. two are cousins. When I'm doing the show notes, don't worry, I, I will start out with, we start the interview with a denial of incest. 
the first time in 150 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've ever actually had to discuss incest on the show before. <laughs> no, see, everything gets discussed on this this podcast, I reckon. So about time. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from that. But yeah, so it's been 20 years of sort of in, you know, obviously living together, then moving. We sort of went our separate ways. Alex um, started getting a bit more serious in brewing. Um, yeah, and uh, went to Holgate and then I went to Port Ferry, Warnable Way. Mm. And um, yeah, we, we'd always talked about, I don't know, brewing together. And then Alex had come back, you know, Port Ferry and we'd do a few brews together and things like that. Um, yeah, and sort of the, the I guess the, it grew from there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, of brewing together and starting something up. It was all. There's always that problem of you know you need a bit of money too. So mm. neither of us had that. Um, so yeah, we were just waiting for for someone to come along. And randomly, I started beekeeping, and um, yeah, the the apiarist I was learning off. I we were just both our heads were in in a box of bees and um, just chatting about things. And I was just saying how good it would be to have a you know a brewery down the southwest of Victoria. There's mm. nothing like that down here. And yeah, they said, I didn't. I didn't expect that little turn of the story there. Can I say you've got bees. me straight to bees? Yeah, <laughs> so we're getting we're in a box of bees. Yeah, in a box of bees. Yeah, forged in a box of bees. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, yeah, they were willing to back us. So the guy was the apiarist I was learning off. Yeah, sort of said, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, let's have a look at this a bit more seriously, and it sort of just went really quickly from there. Yeah, um, right. Um, and then I suppose the next question is now that we know you guys, oh, what's is is Alex? Are you, are you, oh, yeah, sorry, Alex yeah. is doofus. I'm doof, mm. <laughs> he's doof, so doof. Yeah. yeah, which is nice. I like that. It's yeah. very endearing. Well, it, it never used to be when it first started out, it was a little bit of a target at you, yeah. So it yeah. was my uh, my now wife's um. Yeah, uh, brother's friend who called me doofus because he was kind of keen on on my wife, and then <laughs> he thought I was a bit of an idiot. <laughs> so he called me doofus, and then it stuck, and then it was doof. Yeah. Uh, but now he's our graphic designer who does all our amazing fan <laughs> uh, art. So, um, are there any know, members of the greater extended family who aren't involved in the business in one way, shape, or form? Uh, everyone's kind of pitched in. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Sam's mother-in-law does all our um, payroll. Payroll. Um, at, his father-in-law does all the bookkeeping. The book, yeah. Uh, all of everyone who's down in Karoit is basically work behind the, they've worked behind the bar or they've done something to help us get get going. They're wow. less likely to help us these days. I think we got about mm. a year and a bit out of them, and yeah. then they. They said, oh, my wife did the socials for a year and then she, oh, two years. And then she was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. But yeah, everyone's helped, helped out, helped us get started. We've, we've burnt out a lot of family members. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah. I guess the question is, is Koroit that kind of town? And for Heinrich, our Norwegian listener, I guess we'd better explain where Koroit is yeah. and what kind of place it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Koroit is... Uh, 300 k's from Melbourne, uh, southwest Victoria. Uh, it is, yeah, obviously three and a half hours from Melbourne. It's a small country town, about 2,000 population. 
it's an Irish sort of town, settled, you know, the Irish settled there. And um, it's in between Warrnambool and Port Ferry. So, um, and there's a volcanic crater called um, Tower Hill or Karoich, I think. Karoich. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's um, the Indigenous name for it. So Karoich is an Indigenous um, town name. Um, but the volcanic crater itself is uh, absolutely like world class. So really beautiful scenery, great, um, you know, wildlife in there. Um, it's a really nice place to come and have a look. So mm. Karoich kind of sits on the back of the volcanic crater. Yep. So it's pretty beautiful land. We're right next to the coast. Um, it's pretty, pretty wild over winter and rugged and um, it's a great place to, to live really. Mm. Yeah. David and I were trying to figure out, would you call it, it is your part of the world part of the Otways? Is it part of the, the no. Otways? No, it's a little we're bit. We're sort of the end of the Great Ocean Road. Yeah. So the Great Ocean Road sort of finishes in Warrnambool and we're still 15 minutes the other side. Right. So we're, it's called the Shipwreck Coast. Okay. So yep. that's sort of where we are, yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. And... We're, and if our international guests decide to come down to to Victoria, do the Great Ocean Road Trip and then just go bugger it. Let's just drive for 15 more minutes and see where this Ooh. takes us. Absolutely. Like, definitely worth yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are we are pulling a lot of those people further, you know, down to see us that, you yep. know, if they, they look up, you know, because we, we do advertise on the Great Ocean Road um, tourism. So yep. they will hopefully come across us then and just, yeah, stay that extra day. Yep. Um, uh, you've got tap room, um, and tell us about your tap room. What what should we expect if we if we drop into your tap room after driving down the windy the windy Great Ocean Road? Um, our tap room is located in an old uh, mechanics garage. Awesome. Um, so it's old McMahon's garage, I think it was McMahon Motors. Yeah, McMahon Motor. So it's um pretty sort of like unassuming kind of red brick fronted. Uh, it's got a giant noodle doof on the front because why not? Everyone was like, what the hell is this place? I thought we were starting a noodle shop when we first opened. Um, we've actually had, we've had people multiple walk people walk in to order noodles oh, and be absolutely like disappointed by the whole venue. There's no noodles and walk straight out. So if you're after noodles, then, uh, you know. You're it, yeah. You guys are it, yeah. We have done ramen. Like we did I was going to say, food. surely there's a business opportunity there. <laughs> we did um, we did noodles from the doof during one of the lockdowns and delivered ramen and um, Hella's Lager. So this oh, goes awesome. great with a ramen. Yeah. So yeah, um, hey, that's almost a segue to the Hella's Lager. Oh, yeah. yeah, which we can now talk about. We'll swing around and talk about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This delicious thing. We'll get on. We'll get on. We'll get back to the noodle doof and the and the enormous. But yeah, um, this is delicious. Tell us, tell us. All right, so it sounds like both of you, as well as as blended barrel aged sours, funky kind of Belgianic things. Um, you're also drinking. You're also doing a bit of lager drinking. Um, mm. and this. So I'm I'm assuming this comes from desire to to kind of do that and, and get mm. on that. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're both pretty um, keen on the traditional sort mm. of um, sort of German style hellers or um, pilsners and stuff. Pilsners mm. we've found really hard to convince the Australian population to drink, um, just in the name itself, I think, which mm. is unfortunate. 
Um, but lagers, anything with lager on it sells pretty pretty well. Mm. Um, but the Hellers, um, uh, yeah, we're just trying to recreate a traditional Bavarian, like, yeah, Hellers lager. Mm. Um, I, like, I was lucky enough to go over there with, with Holgate um, to look at the, their new brew house now. So um, I went over there for a little work trip. And um, I was sort of blown away. I'd, I'd never really got right into drinking lagers till I went on that trip. And um, I changed my mind pretty quickly. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's, let's do this little segue. What blew you what, on that trip? And it doesn't have to be about lagers and stuff, but was there anything over there that really, that, that made, like in brewing, that made you go, what the fuck? Like something has really full on like in that, um yeah i think uh I, i'm trying to think of the brewery but it was a um it was a it was a uh dry hopped um uh uh hefeweizen huh. and it was huh. just insane and it was like the best hazy beer i'd ever had yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i'm like this, these guys have like, because uh, like, I think Hazy's had just started in Australia and it yep. wasn't really kind of um, getting there. And I was like, wow, these Germans have got it with a, with a dry hop tap. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's pretty mind blowing. I was like, I hadn't tried anything like that before. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. if we, yeah, and that's, I think one of our, one of our German, one of our German guests in the past had said, yeah. We we made the original hazy like it's been yeah. around it's been around for centuries. Well, yeah, yeah I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, all right. Of course. Uh, oh, um, this is so. This is this is really tasty. Give us. Would you, do you want to give us a rundown on what we should be? Well, like it, it's it feels like a lion length. Uh, Hell, uh, lager. Um. Mm. Is there is is that the the same in the production? Have you tried to be as traditional as possible? Like how long have you? I'm 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 assuming that it's it's chill filtered. So you've you've just done the proper lagering process. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about the production and and how it's turned out? Yeah, well, it's almost traditional, but we're using Australian malt. I think mm-hmm. it's the main difference. Um, I feel Australian malt we can get really fresh. Yep. Uh, whereas if I try and get um, German malt, no matter how quickly I get it, it's not as fresh as I can get Australian malt. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but apart from using Australian malt, uh, trying to keep it as traditional mm. as we can. Um, yeah. There's been a few times where, not intentionally, it's been stuck in tank for quite a while. So we've been out of lager out. Yeah. Hell is for quite a long time, which is sometimes not intentional yeah we've had a bit of bit tank of tank jam, jam and things yeah. happening so but it's it's beneficial so yeah, yeah it's always in good. the product i think we've been tweaking the recipe uh just like minor mm. tweaks um trying to get it as as good as we get it and we picked up a silver this year at the avers so um that was a good sign like we didn't medal last year um and i was a bit like oh i thought it was kind of good and then we've got a silver this year and i'm like well silver's a gold for me in the in the lager in the yeah. in the lager category in my opinion it's like it's pretty um hard mm. to get up there yeah um you look at the who who gets gold and it's you know by stefan and you know like yeah all the big guys because they can 
I don't know, they just know how to make lagers, I guess. <laughs> doing, they've been doing it for a little while. So probably, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so when you get a silver, it's like, yeah, it's golden. Where's the next, where's the next step? What do you think is the next thing? Have you got ideas on where, where you're going to improve this? Like, Yeah. Um, uh, probably... I don't know if, if if we ever can scrounge up a bit more cash to buy some horizontal tanks, <laughs> probably <laughs> might help. I don't know. Um, that'd be nice, but mm-hmm. yeah, might be a few years away before we can fit them in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll like, and, and going along those lines, let's follow that. Like, how much of what you do is driven by? the cash in terms of how it restricts what you do. Like if there's something like, yeah, your, your operation, you know, you're getting along, you're, you're, you're small part of it. You're, you're not one of the bigger craft breweries. Yeah. How much does that drive you at, at this stage of your, your development? It's, it's pretty big. Yeah. Isn't it? It's a balancing act really. Yeah. Um, Cause we've got all these ideas on what we want to do. Yeah. Um, we have like, Oh, let's get some fodders or let's get yeah. some, uh, we want to do a coal ship and drive it out to, um the grampians and just yep. sit out there for a night or you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> i guess All the, this hard, stuff. Yeah. the hard thing is it is just alex and i so we got we had like seed funding to start off but yep. you know like from now on it's just alex and i so yeah. it's sort of that next um that next project or whatever has to wait till we've obviously saved okay. enough yeah going to to get there so yeah we've we've got, got lots of ideas but Sometimes we just have to be patient, which is really hard. Yeah. And we're also trying to do a lot. We've got the distillery as well. So mm. Um, mm. that takes uh, a bit of that, you know, it's balancing really. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, this, this, this beer is delicious. It's really going down well. It's, it's just a really lovely expression. It's gone down um, so well for me that mine's basically gone. <laughs> yeah, I got no. <laughs> Let me try to be slow. This is like, yeah, but no, yeah. In, uh, normally, it'd be completely gone. Um, I, I wonder if we should use that as an excuse to move on from yeah. this very traditional style into something very non-traditional mm-hmm. in the glass, uh, and move on to the Fajoa spritzer. Um, so we'll give people a moment just to open up those cans and get them into the glasses, but. As I say, in terms of sort of stylistic differences, we've gone from, you know, as traditional as it gets to a really fun, funky beer um, for something different here. Um, what was the inspiration behind the beer? I guess we should start with asking before we get any sort of further down the track. For Joe's are one of my all-time favourite fruits, so I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I think, well, it was a, it was it was a the, challenge, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for the um, Carl and Sellers um, New Zealand, New Zealand hop challenge oh yeah uh start of the year yeah um so we got given nelson samion and yeah we thought um what sort of goes well like a white wine spritzer uh kind of thing and then like a a blanc um you think some ice you know real refreshing like super easy to drink yeah. Light, high, highly effervescent, yep. you know, that sort of. Yeah. But we all, yeah, we're also just brainstorming about, all right, well, what are New Zealand? How can we play with it? What else do New Zealand do well? And they 
Yeah, they grow a lot of fajals over oh. there, and they love yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> they claim as claim them as their own, but they're actually from um, South America. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, they're um, they're pretty yummy. Mm. We both love fajoas, so yeah. um, yeah, we thought why not do a fajoa spritzer style mm. sour. So. Where do you source your fajoles? Like you could actually walk around Flemington and pick them off people's trees and get probably yeah, enough for yeah. a brew. Same, same in Adelaide. Adelaide, there's a lot of fajoles trees, but where we are down southwest Victoria, there's yeah. oh, there's next to none. There's not that many really? down here, so we yeah, were struggling to find. We were struggling to find enough fajoles to do a beer. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. So then I I started chasing down um, some supplies in Australia and hit a dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, but we found a um, supplier in New Zealand yep. called Heather's Fajoas, and they do organic fajoas. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Um, they were kind of enough like to have it um, pureed for us, and then we got it um, uh, imported. <laughs> so I had to import them ourselves. Yeah. And then Border Force mm-hmm. thought, what is this green sludge you're importing into Australia? <laughs> was it, was it like, I, did you import it like a bladder? Is it to, to, yep. just like yeah. a big, yeah. Yeah. yeah, big bladder of just green a big, big sludge? Sack. <laughs> They're like, big what is this? Fajoa goon sack, really. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to explain that it was just Fajoa and um, that it's okay, you can send it through. But, yeah. 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 So we got it, got it here and um, yeah, we brewed. Uh, a really light kettle sour mm. um, uh, with all like um, mm. pretty much pills in the malt. Yeah. Yep. And then oh. just uh, really heavy dry hop on the Nelson Savignon. Mm-hmm. And then um, a heap of fajola. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I, I suppose, again, at the risk of alienating poor Heinrich, yeah, the that's yeah. listener, fajolas are something which even people who don't, love them in Australia. Most people know them and know the flavours, yeah. but yeah. how would you describe the flavours that we're getting from both this and the yeah. Nelson Savon and, you know, which bits of the flavours are coming from both? But yeah. for me, this is beautifully for jewellery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, um, the the Nelson kind of adds that sort of tart um, gooseberry, but, like, kind of, like, it kind of adds a bit of... Um, uh, Sort of bit more depth to the fajola, I guess. Like yep. you get that sort of. I like dry hopping these fruited sours because it brings it back to beer. Yeah. In my yep. opinion. Yeah. Uh, when you do dry hop them, mm-hmm. um, if they're not dry hop, I find it goes to more kind of cidery, fruity yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We tried to yeah this this beer is dried right out as well, so it's really sort of clean on the on the palate too. Mm-hmm. Finish as well. Yeah. It's supposed to just be a summer day, yeah. sort of, you know, um, really summery. Mm. Good for today, actually. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's cold, it's still, yeah. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, just sitting in the, getting a little bit of sun. It, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well, it looks like summer at the window, provided you don't actually go outside. Yeah. But but the uh, going back to the Vajoa fruit, it's like no other. It's mm. sort of really hard to describe. Like, it's almost fig-like, but it's yeah. not, like, is it, as far as mouthfeel. Um, it's you know it's it's hard it's sweet it's almost bubble gummy yeah um, mm. it's sort of it's a really really odd fruit yeah I've always thought it's kind of like in a strange way medicinal like it's kind mm. of got a medicine character and that's where it, it ties in with the Nelson Savon for me it's it's mm. just like the two 
kind of just mingle together a little bit that they yeah they kind of carry each other yeah 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 amazing tasty beer beautiful beer is this one that's sort of going to stick around and become more than just that one-off for the competition or is it is the uh is the effort involved in getting through customs not not making it worthwhile yeah uh, we we try not to keep anything around as much as we want to sometimes and people want us to we try and keep moving through and moving on that's kind of how we do it we kind of do the do the lager and the pale sometimes the session uh, and then everything else we try and uh, the ice coffee stout's been a real hard one to get rid of because people just keep yeah. coming out after us but unfortunately that's not on the list today no we succeeded in not getting that one on the in the pack so oh, that's, no. we'll have to do don't it don't talk it up too much no nah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can order it on our website yeah that's absolutely <laughs> right cool. and, yeah a beautiful website it is too, can we say? Warren and I were talking beforehand about the design of that and how um, how good looking a site it is. Not every yeah. brewery can say that mm. uh, of their site. So, so, and that's due to the dude who tried to cut your lunch, Doof. <laughs> who cut my lunch? No, 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 no. Doof actually created the website. Oh, did he? Wow! Yeah, yeah that's terrific. Okay. It's so, on um, Squarespace. It's pretty. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, a Lothario and a web designer. Who yeah. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of programming there, but oh, a little bit a in there. Of, Come on, but, but moving pictures around and things was yeah. I think for me, for me, even though yeah, even though you use Squarespace, and that's great. Um, and like you have to have good, you have to have a good feel and a good look to your all your photos and your and your and all your graphic design stuff and your logo and all those things. To really make it work, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah it's it's like, yeah, you could I, even like Squarespace. You see a bunch that look really shit too because they haven't got a good. good you have to grind. Start. You have to grind so hard on Squarespace to make it look mm. um, yeah. how you want it to. Um, yeah. So yeah, even though there's no programming, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a designer's content that he's provided, you're right, has really really helped. Yeah. and it's the simplicity of it as well, like. Uh, our overall design is pretty like you know it's a minimal kind of thing going on yep uh we're not trying to be too um intense and larry like we get bright colors and um all that as well but it's not um yeah i think um tries to match what we do with our beers yep how much input is there in in the in that design like how much do you guys uh talk to each other about it is it a case of you know i love our breweries i'll just throw a sample of the 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 designer and just go this is what it is do something is it a is it more collaborative or is that about right for you guys uh we try and let him go mm. we, we stay um, out of it because we yeah. trust him <laughs> we're, we're not we're not designers we're brewers and yep. um yeah I we think. explain what we're gonna do yeah yep. and he's really good at yeah knowing and knowing what we like as well. Yep. Um, and he knows us both personally as well. So we yeah. sort of have we have a really good conversation about what beer we're brewing next and yeah, all that. So he, he really gets it. Yeah. Is there any time it gets rejected? Like do you get do you, will you how how often do they put something up and you just go, nah, you've missed that? I don't think we've ever I don't done think it. we have. <laughs> nah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, um yeah, no, nah, he's pretty pretty darn good at what he does. So um yeah, sometimes we'll look at it and go, oh, and then it will just grow on you. Like, 
the next day you're like oh yeah and yeah. then after a week you're like oh that's i actually fully understand yeah. what's going on so yeah. my dog's come in to join us oh, <laughs> yeah He's, when when david's dog comes in he normally just takes over the whole screen so <laughs> yeah. In comparison, that's really reasonable. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a medium-sized, sensible dog to own. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. That's not sensible at all. A Kelpie is not sensible. sensible. <laughs> it's all comparative, brother. Just trust me on that one. Yeah. Moving back to the beer for a moment, just because um, yeah. it's, it's a good... In the, in the chat, uh, we've got a little bit of a conversation going on about the difference between this and a seltzer and uh, it's probably worth explaining to people what the difference is in the brewing process um <laughs> and so forth just to, to get some clarity for for our mate yeah. mark in seafood around these kinds of things yeah <laughs> it's um it's not a seltzer or a spritzer but it's just in a spritzer kind of style i guess um it's yeah a seltzer's sort of brewed a brewed um sort of neutral um Flavored, flavored. Yeah, so it's basically, basically an alcoholic soda water is when you yeah, yeah, yeah. add what you want on top of that. Well, most of them are really these yeah. days. They're you know, bit of bit of neutral alcohol with a bit of soda water and flavoring. Where yeah. where this is like a this beer is like a light um, a light pilsner um, kettle sour, like pilsner malt kettle sour. So really light malt. Um, not nothing else, just um, as light as you can get on the malt, and then um, fruited um, in tank, and then dry hop. So it's yeah, it's probably leaning more on the beer side. Uh, probably, well, I think someone said Berliner Weiss. Probably not too far off a of Berliner Weiss, ex- except it doesn't have any wheat malt in there at all. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's it yeah, it's just sort of designed. <laughs> the dog's taking over the joke. But yeah. yeah, and my dog's barking out in the backyard. So quite literally, I might have to go out. And... He's gone now. Um, yeah, so it's just designed to be as light and as refreshing as possible. Really, that's that's the whole idea. <laughs> and, and how similar is that sort of base process to the other sours that you make? Because we've got the stone fruit sour in the in the pack as well. Just for people who are going to be drinking through some of those, what are they going to see that's the same, or for that matter? What's going to be different? Hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you reckon? I, I think they're they're all so the process is all reasonably similar. Yeah. Really, there might be a little bit different. You know, malt bill. That's um, the main difference in the sours, uh, especially yeah. with the stone fruit. Is the malt um, back backbone is a lot richer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty similar in how we created the beer yeah pretty much the yeah. process yeah we've sort of got it down to a little little bit of an art the the kettles fruited kettle sours now yeah. um yeah like i said we like to dry hop them yeah mm. add a heap of fruit <laughs> yeah. now yeah. my other question about the adding the heap of fruit thing is what's it like cleaning up after you make this beer because i can i, I have visions of what the tank must be like when you, yeah, when we've, gotten, we've gotten better and we've gotten cleaner at it. There's yeah. been a few times where, yeah, it hasn't gets hasn't stuck. actually all gone in the tank as well. So it's oh. hard to, yeah, when you're on top of a tank and you're passing stuff to each other and yeah. I I try and get Alex to tip it in most of the time because mm. then, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty dangerous. It, yeah. 
But um, yeah, I mean, we've used some stuff and it's just sort of either gotten stuck at the bottom. We did a, uh, uh, when, not far after we first opened up, we did a rhubarb sour. Oh, yeah. Uh, which we're going to try and bring back. Uh, it's going to come back this spring. Um, but that was uh, the rhubarb got caught in the bottom of the tank. Of the valves. And the valves. And yeah. it was uh, a real nightmare to try and... So we put the call out to the community. <laughs> like, <laughs> community to the family, knows, you mean. Yeah. If you have any rhubarb, bring it in and we'll give you a free coffee in our tap room. Oh, awesome. So we got grandmas and all these people bringing in bags and bags of rhubarb. Um, the chefs helped us, you know, slice it up and put I think it. We got 200 kilos and 200, 200 kilos of rhubarb. 200 and, kilos. Um, yeah, we processed it and, um, yeah, put it in tank and then it got jammed. <laughs> we got it out in the end, but it was a bit of a process. So yeah, um, had to blow a bit of CO2, I think. Yeah, get it unstuck. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds up. like unfun. That sounds yeah. like yeah. That's that's the risk of the fruited stuff. Uh, we've got a few ideas on like how to. We've got a little three hundred liter tank which we've never really utilised, um, mm-hmm. and we want to put a little um, like a. It's got a really nice big opening at the top, so we want to yeah. put like a cylinder screen inside that tank, and mm-hmm. either use it for like fruited carbonic macerations. Yeah which is like, um, you know, like basically letting the fruit ferment on itself mm-hmm. under pressure. Yeah. Uh, and then we can also use it for uh, tricky fruit situations where we can kind of infuse beer, uh, use it as a big fruiting vessel. Like yeah. a giant metal tea bag, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like giant metal tea strainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, now... Hold on, carbonic maceration and and this one, this yeah, basically, in my head, when in in the winemaking process, it's when you put a whole grape in uh, unbroken and kind of the grape starts to ferment in, in, inside itself a little bit before you before you give it a good smash and all. Mm-hmm. It gives it like a a real high noty fruit character. Yeah, is that the same when you when when you guys are thinking when you guys are. Yeah, carbonically yeah. macerating your fruit. So you just stick a whole bunch of carbon dioxide inside with the. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the idea. That's what we want to start doing because we're moving into doing some um, sort of like barrel sours mm. and um, it... and a lot of wild fruit and stuff. We want to sort of yeah. start picking in that. And, yeah, so, yeah. Does anyone right. else do it? Do you know any other breweries that that? Sure. Got... Oh, yeah, you suspect so, but you know, if you if no, we're we're the first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go for it. do it, do it. You know, like, and, and, like, and there's no European yeah, countries right. that are going to come over here. Play the Well, before we start to get ourselves into any sort of strife with the big international breweries, let's have a little pause in the live Zoom room. Uh, an opportunity for me as I edit the recording give you a reminder that if you're enjoying this episode, and I really hope you are, to subscribe to the podcast and make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, It's a great way to hear more about the events that we have coming up uh, and to get a heads up so you can purchase the beers in advance of them. That way you can join us live, just like many people did uh, for this great episode that we're enjoying with Noodledoof. Radio, let's go back to the show.
Well, here we are. We've had a little break here in the live chat. Uh, we've had some very interesting discussions, which will never go to air. That's the uh, that's the beauty of joining us live in the Zoom room. We thoroughly encourage you to do that. Uh, we've got some great live episodes coming up. Uh, the next tasting pack has some great beers. We're going to have Colonial on. Uh, we're going to have 71 Brewing from Dundee in Scotland. I'm pretty excited about that. And also Wolf of the Willows. So those are the three breweries that are going to be in our August pack. And uh, in addition to that, we're going out to co-conspirators. I was out there last Monday at recording time to make a beer. Uh, I'm not revealing what that beer style is yet. I can't decide if I want to do a little prize pack about what kinds of beers people expect I would brew if I was given the co-conspirators brewery for the day. Uh, but that's something to look forward to. Check our Facebook events page to make sure that you're across all of that kind of stuff. Uh, we didn't come here, though, to spruik all of those good things. We came here to drink some delicious Noodledoof beer, and we're about to move on to the Hot Hops Haze IPA. Uh, Jen, do you want to take us on a little tasting tour of this beer? How should it look in the glass? What should we be getting as we uh, as we dip our noses into the glass? And then, of course, yeah. the flavours after that. It's got a pretty nice sort of gentle haze on there. It's mm. not, like, overly thick-looking or anything like that. Um, it's pretty dank and tropical. Mm. Um, melony, sort of rock melony, ripe melons, ripe ripe mm. melons. Um, we've we've gone with a couple of controversial hops in there, which is Strata and Zappa. So Zappa's uh, Neo Mexicanus, which is pretty um, interesting. Yeah, mm. like it's it's you know definitely dank and different. Yeah, uh, I think it's probably one of the most interesting uh like ipas we've ever brewed like it's definitely like pushing it um but it's it's pretty yum at the same time so and yeah. certainly not flavors you'd normally get in a new england style yeah. in that sort of hazy one you'd be normally expecting far more sort of sweet fruit but this yeah, is not a real vegetal which i presume is, is that the zapper mm. yeah yes. the zapper yeah brings that sort of dank um sort of piney Tiny, yeah. slightly grassy, a little bit. Yeah, on yep. the yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the color of the can, and for those who who are listening to the podcast and not watching this on video, uh, or haven't got the pack, um, which I should go. Oh, yeah. Um, the the there's this beautiful kind of purple gradient across the can, and it reminds and spread, a lot of those tones remind me of um like lychee skin you know how after you peeled off the the mm. outside there's that there's that purpley i don't know what that i don't know if that's probably influenced but i can get this big hit of lychee like that melon kind of lychee character yeah. there yeah. yeah and it's not what i expected at all from from like anything hazy like it, yeah. yeah totally right this is a yeah this is a that's crazy. a really good that's a really good flavor pick out of that because now that you've said that i wasn't thinking that at all and now that you've yeah. said yeah yeah, yeah don't you hate lychee. it when people do that? They they just come into something. It's just completely. I, yeah. I never no, thought great. of lychees before, but now you say it, it, it smells like you know the you know you get the lychees and ice cream. Um, yes. like, yeah, 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 yep, yeah. yeah. In the Chinese, in the Chinese, Chinese joint down the yeah, 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 down the road. <laughs> yeah, the one that the canned one. It's not the fresh ones. It's the canned ones. The canned the canned ones. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely nice. 
The yeah. kind of restaurant where you'd find a shark in the cool room, perhaps. Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. very in-joke, boys. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, the, can, the can are, you said lighties, but it's actually, um, I don't know if there's any Frank Zappa fans out there. Yes. Uh, oh. It's exactly the hot rats colours, so. You're gonna have to, you might have to explain that for some of the younger listeners out there. <laughs> they, they can Google they it. Can, they can, they <laughs> can, they can experience it themselves. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Zappa, you can't explain Frank Zappa. <laughs> That's a, yeah, that makes a lot of sense here. You can't, no. And you can't explain Frank Zappa might be the best T-shirt title we've had out of today's uh, <laughs> so far. Um, can I ask, where do you... Is Zappa now grown in Australia, or are you having to import that? Where do you where do you get those hops from, and what's the full sort of suite of, of hops that are in here? Because it's obviously different hops are added at different times. So, can you tell us a little bit about sort of the process in that front? Um, or not? Yeah, yeah. I think um, well, we've got Strata and Zappa basically. Um, that's that's it. Uh, all and a boil. Mm-hmm. Or like well pull um, dry hop, yep. Uh, start a ferment, I think we did. Yep. Yeah, active firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so active, like all at the end. There's the bitterness that comes through is probably from the well pull, and uh, yeah. So it's um, it's uh, yeah, just trying to like we loaded probably too many too many hops in this this one. <laughs> there was a lot. It was it was not a cheap beer. It's a, yeah. <laughs> and is that because of this is one of those things we've sort of discussed with a few breweries over the years that you know it's partly because of the expense of putting the hops in, but you also actually lose liquid out the other end of the process yeah. because of yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they yeah. drink a lot yeah mm. yeah so um yeah I, I think, think that was a there was a question earlier about the fruit as well so yeah hops and fruit you just yeah you, you end up losing quite a bit of beer in that process but that's what you get for the flavor too so yes yeah, it, compromise uh, it's not losing beer i don't know i think at my tafe course when i was way back when i went to the tafe course in adelaide and Stephen nelson i was like oh you lose so much beer down the drain mm. and he was like oh it's not lost beer it's just what what it takes to make you good know beer. good beer yeah mm. so like he sort of reframed the loss as a as a um, process, yeah, yeah. As a part of the process, yeah, yeah. Does that make you feel better when you see it going down the drain? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what we tell ourselves. Yes, yeah. I think like well, you can also like you know get expensive equipment and and ring every last drop out. So um, you know we're not at that stage yet. So a bit still goes down there, but um, you know it is what it is. Mm. Well, you've. You've taken us back to your youth in Adelaide in the seventies, listening to Zappa there, or something, or, <laughs> or something like it. Let's 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 sort of wind the clock back a bit to those to those points where you've you've been in Adelaide together. You've sort of you've you've had your beers. You've done your sort of basic home brewing, and you, let's talk about the process of actually making that decision to open a brewery. You know, was it was that just sort of a, a crazy night with a slab one night and you thought about it or, you know, how did you arrive at the point of going, no, we're actually serious about doing this, which is a, a real long game. Yeah, it, it was, was years and years of talking. Yeah. So we, we sort of parted ways, you know, Alex, we, we both sort of still homebrewed and did, you know, bits and pieces, but we just kept talking about, you know, 
or share, you know, sharing ideas and whatever every time we got together. And I think it, when I moved to Victoria and we were, we were closer. Yeah. And then we started catching up. Sam had a little, um, uh, it was a little laundry room almost. Yeah, just a little outhouse sort outhouse. of thing. And he's like, I want to start All Grain Brewing. And um, I was at Holgate. And then we basically, uh, I twisted Paul Holgate's rubber arm to take a few um, kegs like a, that he was didn't need. He's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting rid of these. So we got a few kegs. Pretty dented, banged dented, up. Dented, banged up, like, at the end of their life. And we just made a little... We cut them open and made a little brew, brew house. house in Sam's... Yeah. In Sam's uh, laundry. And because Alex is a, an electrician, so we, you know, it was semi-automated too. So it was like this full, like, ghetto put together... <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant. It was pre, pre-grandfather, grandfather, you yeah. know, like, you know... <laughs> kind of thing going on um and but three or three or four vessel i think we had because we had extra kegs yeah. so like, oh we'll just chuck it thing there keg there three, <laughs> three three vessel but oh, yeah someone just asked where it is now and it's in our <laughs> shed <laughs> in, our shed in pieces <laughs> like See, i was wondering whether you might have just, whether you'd sort of built it into that space and whether the next people who moved into that house just had to you know well we don't have a laundry but we do have this system we'd have no idea what to do with no, no. it so where i'm still at that house yeah and um my wife became, she's a florist now and she's taken over that now space a as a flower room. room. So she booted all, all the gear out and she said, get rid of this. And it's just sitting in our shed gathering dust. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, so how, we, how long were you playing with that? Sort of was, was that a thing that you did for a couple of years or was yeah, it like yeah. pretty quick well, after that that it built momentum? Every family event. Yeah. So if there was a, right. you know, like a birthday or a Christmas or an Easter when we got together, we, yeah, we brewed a beer for it or a few beers for each of them. We did and, a pomegranate um, sour. Berliner Weiss. Yeah, a pomegranate Berliner Weiss, which is in the pack. Uh, we did... Uh, uh water, watermelon. Sorry, we, so, uh, how yeah. did you go about picking the space and the site, and and when you started to have those? Th- where, where did you actually make the decision about? Yeah, we're not. We're mm. going to put some of our own money in. You said you had some seed funding. Yeah. How was that sort of process of you know asking for that money, and has it sort yeah. of gone from there? Yeah, well, I guess that that was it was pretty quick. So we we're looking around the area, Port Ferry, Warrnambool, mainly. Um, but there was this commercial slash industrial property that we're in now that came up on the market and it was so cheap. So Kuroit five years ago was pretty much, you know, you could walk down the main street and not get see tumbleweeds. It's and just, it was, there was no one there. Hmm. And um, yeah, so the, the investor did saw this opportunity, bought the property and um, yeah, it's sort of, it was just luck, I think. It was yeah. just came up at the right time. And then Claire got a job down yeah, the hospital. at the hospital as well, which was a big, uh, she was working in Melbourne and then my wife got a job uh, down here. So that kind of like was the catalyst for yeah. us to move and it was all just. And both Alex and um, I took a year off like work, like without pay sort of thing to, to set it up. And um, yeah, so the, the location just sort of was a fluke. Uh, right in the main street of Kuroit. Right um, in the middle. So it was, yeah, it, it was just lucky. And Kuroit's just like, I don't know, it's just coming, like it's getting busier and busier. I think there's another distillery opening up down the road. Yeah. Uh, there's 
there's like new shops, you know, like um, a new butcher just opened up, it's, does amazing uh, meat, but like the streets coming alive again. It's sort of like one of those towns that kind of, you know, started revitalization. Yeah, started disappearing mm. and like getting quite run down, but now it's like people are really starting to invest money back into the town and it's starting to look um, pretty, pretty great. Yeah. So, yeah. And you touched on your uh, on the fact there's other food offerings and stuff there, but you know we do like to talk about the food and so forth. You know we've had some magnificent beers on. What kinds of beers? What kinds of food would you be pairing with the beers that we've tasted today? I guess is sort of the question number one. And secondly, you know what's it like to sort of have that kitchen operating out of the space? You know what are the ups and downs of that? Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, well, I guess our pairing nights we've sort of paired our lager. You know, initially with an entree, haven't we? Usually, like some like kind of seafood at local abalone yeah. grown, grown down in just out of Port Ferry there. So, oh, um, fantastic. yeah, like the the chefs do an amazing job in our tap room. Mm. Um, it's pretty pretty delicious. We've food. got a yeah, we've got a diverse menu which you know caters from all all you know walks of life, all anyone who's got different requirements or anything like that. So we're, we're sort of it's just yum food. It's it's probably not that traditional um, in terms of a brew pub. It's probably a little bit more um, like there's a, there's a few more interesting things. Yeah, that's why the menu looks fantastic. That's why I asked yeah. the question. It's not something we always ask, but it just looks like what you're offering is that little bit more we special. Try and use as much local produce as possible. Local uh, seasonal produce. We work with a lot of like local market um, garden farmers hmm. and um, local baker, um, local meat producers stuff like that so whatever like this it, it and it the menu changes seasonally so it's sort of it's one of those like our beers you know you come you'll get something different each time um yeah um you mentioned there's another distillery opening right <laughs> we, we don't maybe know. we're not sure like it's oh. and they're, they're doing work on it's it. got plan it's it's in uh local council planning yep. um, yeah and it's there's a distillery in, in, in on the plans, so oh. might be a little uh, hub. Yeah. <laughs> so hold on, though. Let's let's talk about your distillery first. It's because that's probably yeah, that's probably a nice way to start. Um, yeah. you you saw on in in your shop, uh, like in oh, online, you've got a because when I was stalking you beforehand, because I wanted to make sure I knew something. Um, you you've got a gin and a vodka uh yeah tell us about those so it's particularly the gin because that sounds like a really fascinating project and how and how did it all come together like why why did you decide distillery yeah we we sort of always had it on the cards and then with the producer's license it's um it's it's also possible and we always talked about doing whiskey yeah and then yeah you got to obviously put whiskey down mm-hmm. for mm. a few years uh so we obviously to make money you, you start you know putting out yeah. gin and vodka but we're both like pretty keen into it. gin as well yeah. like um we're both both love gin so um uh yeah i think my wife especially loves yeah both a bit of gin both, both our wives love gin <laughs> let's <laughs> so just say both our wives happy. <laughs> push this into making gin for them okay brilliant Excellent. Yes. But we, we do, it is pretty special though. We do work with uh, Wollongong Digi, uh, local Indigenous co-op uh, corporation. 
Um, so they operate out of Tower Hill and they've got a little plant nursery in Warrnambool oh, and they yeah. grow heaps of native botanicals mm. um, and they also just know uh, what's in Tower Hill. So we approached them and said, what do you think would work? Yep. And then they brought us like they brought brought us heaps of samples. Heaps of so we stuff. just we went through a heap. It's of really cool. Sort of yeah. thought what would go well in a gin, what would go well together. Um, yeah, that they were really helpful, and that yeah. that was something we wanted to do right from the start is create a gin that was different, that was you know of, of place. Um, so yep. you know we use a local ingredient or local plant called Coria alba. Yep. Um, we use the leaf of that plant, which is very floral, a um, little bit fruity, but mainly floral and really floral, clean, crisp. Um, yeah, yep. it gives a really nice body to the gin. But yeah, um, yeah so they were, they were really helpful in that, you know, the native ingredients sort of side of things. And we're trying to push that in the, um, a few of the other spirits and liqueurs we're developing at the moment. And then yeah, we're we're about to release our whiskey in November. So oh wow, great, yeah. Ooh. yeah. So what's been the process there? When did you put it down? What have you been? Yeah, tell us a little bit about that to, to whet some appetites. Given, yeah, it's been, it's been two years now. It was August. Yeah, yeah two, two years, years ago. ago. It's been in, uh, been in barrel for a bit over two years. Um, we just used one hundred percent Australian um, yeah. barley, so single malt uh, Voyager, um, Voyager Voyager craft malt. Yeah, oh, great. Um, we tried to make it sort of Irish style because we're in this Irish town. So we like tried to make yeah. a real yep. nice, easy Irish whiskey. A really smooth. Yeah. yeah. So it's got lots of... No sm- peat, no smoke. Um, it's Yeah, it's it's a pretty clean... Mm. Yeah. Tasting pretty nice. So mm. um, we just decanted a bit into a little 100-litre barrel to sort of uh, speed up the last portion of its ageing process. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to try and do a, a little pre-release where you can try it out of the barrel in the tap room um, and then hopefully pre-sell some bottles and yeah, get the first noodle doof whiskey. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And yeah. that comes with free noodles, right? That's the beauty. So that's, that's, that's what we've learned out of this so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, James in the, in the chat is asking, you know, are you going to use the barrels for beers? And I guess, is that something you've done already or is that something down the track that you're looking forward to being able to do? Yeah. So, so this one here. Ah, excellent. This is the segue I was hoping for. Yeah, is so. aged in Tim Boone whiskey barrels, so oh. not our barrels yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there's a local distillery in Tim Boone, which is oh, just under an hour, probably yeah. an hour away. They do some great whiskey if uh, anyone's into whiskey. Yeah, um, they also have a cooperage, which is great for us. Mm. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we've we've started getting all our barrels off them, and they um help us um they clean up all the barrels and we got a resized barrel like a we got a hundred liter barrel uh, Mm -hmm. the 300 liter barrel resized into a hundred liter barrel Mm. and it's just beautiful little hundred liter cute thing they've they've showed us (laughs) they showed us how to rechar our barrels as well which is a pretty cool process yeah oh yeah yeah, so they sort of yeah said it's actually easier than you think and they showed us how to do it. It's pretty cool. Yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah it just takes a bit of time but yeah Somehow, Tim Boone just strikes me as the kind of place that would have a cooperage. I don't know why, but it just sort of has that that, those sort of feels about it. Well, it's like in a valley. It's cold. It's you know, it's 
what else do you do? You know. And you think about that coastline and how it's kind of battered and a little bit and rocky and yeah, yeah. It, well, you think, yeah, and it's 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 got that feel of like that that Scottish feel in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of just as beautiful in the winter when it's just being smashed than in yeah. the summer when yeah. there's sun coming through. Uh, Should we use this as the opportunity to move on to things yeah. that come out of barrels with all this barrel talk? And good yeah. things to drink by a crackling fire in the middle of winter. Yeah. Absolutely. I know there's at least, I know Mart, Senor Martin Bowles has his fire going. I'm not sure whether anyone else has a fire nearby, but I think you've got the setup this afternoon, brother. But I've been looking forward to this, well, absolutely since I realised I was going to be able to get it to put in the pack. So, first of all, a big shout out and thank you to you guys for letting us include this in, in the pack. And um, I cannot wait to uh, to get it open and get started on it. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what we should be finding as we open it up and pour it out. I think it's got a pretty intense hit of cherry on there. Um, it's it's uh, definitely got a bit of whiskey on the back note. Um, we used uh, the cherries are actually um, got a second life from our cherry liqueur. Um, so the cherry liqueur. <laughs> Uh, we basically just macerate, soak cherries in uh, our, vodka. our vodka and then drain the cherry liqueur off that. And then we're left with these cherries that are like intense. Um, just, Alcoholic cherries. They're delicious. So you can just eat them like they are, but you probably get pretty drunk after yeah. three or four of them. <laughs> um, but they're like too yum to throw out. Yeah. Like, these are delicious. Um so before, yeah, before we obviously um, drained them off, drained the liquid off, we, we thought, what can we do with the cherries? And, mm. and um, yeah, contacted Tim Boone, Josh at Tim Boone, and got some, yeah, got whiskey some ex-whiskey barrel. barrels and, yeah, um, yeah, put all, it was actually a bit of a process we putting all the loaded them all cherries in. in there with a funnel and, um yeah, putting so, it It's one of those things that sounds like you just pour them in, but in reality, it's dropping cherry by cherry. Like pretty in. much. <laughs> in there. Yeah. Let's just say it took all afternoon. And then yep. you've got to think how you get them out at the end as well. So that's... Uh, oh, yeah. We had to take the barrel out. Yeah. We had to knock the hoops off the end. So that was fun. We learned oh, how to do that. Yeah. I watched a few YouTube videos. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> some Italian guy going like, this is, you know, like not in English. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> uh, actually, now... Our good friend, the senor, has asked a sensible question in the chat, which is what type of glass should we be drinking this out? I, pre- I presume that's the question you're asking there. Probably something like that. Maybe, yep. yeah, pretty similar. Maybe want to open it up a bit. want to get some oxygen in there. Yep. Elite Grog Vessel, I love that cup. I want one of them. I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, it, the cherries actually come from a local farm in Kuroit. Uh, there's oh a seven-acre cherry farm, uh, which is three k's out of town. Uh, it was quite funny. So he came to us and said, "I've got these end-of-season cherries. I can't sell them because they're hail damaged as well. They're hail damaged, and um, can you can drive them away today. Just yeah. So we had 200 kilos of cherries, and wow. we we had less than a week to destem them and do something with them before they went went bad yeah and alex actually went on holidays early so i ended up having to de-stem the rest of the cherries put them <laughs> soak them in vodka 
Um, did, yeah, did, so. you see, did you de-seed them as well? Do you have to uh-huh. yeah, pip them? Or just, de- just rip off the, just rip yeah. off? Oh, yeah, yeah the stem's a bit apart that I found out. I started chewing on a bit of stem and was like, we need to get, yeah, Alex said, we, Sam's yeah, like, oh, we can just chuck the stems in. I'm like, take a bite of the stem. And he's like, oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, and so hold on, how much does the leftover vodka bit add to the ABV? Like, do you guys know? Is yeah, it- so, yeah. I mean, this beer we had to get sent away for testing. Yep. So it doesn't, it didn't really add much. Like, it was oh, wow. about yep. 0.5 or something like that. It was, okay. it yeah. was, it was not much, but like the barrel age beers are a bit tricky to, um, to, to sort of get a proper, mm. um, reading on, yep. on what, what the actual ABV is. So we, we had to, we sent it away to get, get it um tested yep yeah yeah um, how does that bit of the process work yeah it seems i'm sure that happens all the time with all sorts of breweries that we speak to we never actually i think had someone sort of say no that's what we had to do so yeah, you pretty much just bottle it up and send it away and then they send you the results mm. that's it it's pretty easy simple as that <laughs> we don't have the you can do it in-house if you've got uh 30 grand in your back pocket and you mm. can buy a really expensive meter um called a there's one called an Alex 500, which I really want to get because that's my name's Alex. So I'm like, <laughs> Alex 500, <laughs> which does alcohol. Um, I think that sounds, the, the Alex 500 is good. I want to know what the Doofus 500 does. <laughs> yeah, it's true. in that or it's a really bad, it's a really badly driven car. Yeah, race. I don't think you want to know what no the Alex wants to 500, see. the Doofus 500 does, really. No one wants that. That's not a good thing. <laughs> but you'd get a piece of, You'd get a piece of masking tape and write Doofus on there and stick it over the Alex the where it says Alex Five. I don't know. I'm just thinking this is if I had a if I had a beer lab, that would yeah. be what I'd be spending my time doing with the, with the equipment. Yeah. So spend thirty grand on a machine and then stick sticky tape on it. That sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Um, so did, did the cherries get a third life? What are they like after you? They've, they've come out the bottom of the barrel. Did you try one? In the, yeah, no, yeah. No. they're not great. We were like, oh, I wonder if we could use them again. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried them. We're like, nah, these, these need to go. They're, yeah. they're done. Yeah. They're, they're very limp, lifeless. They're just... A bit acrid by that. Yeah. Stage, yeah. And... and they almost, yeah, they sort of almost like cherries usually hold their structure quite well, but at the end of that, they were pretty, pretty pathetic. They're pretty well used cherries. Yeah. yeah. And so, was it a hundred liters of this that you produced in the end, or is that uh, right? Or was it? We did two barrels, right. so it was about six hundred liters. But I think we probably uh, got four hundred. We got four hundred out the other side. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. About four hundred, and we hand bottled it all because we had no bottling uh so it was all like beer gun filled well um, yep. yeah anyway but now we've got a uh a proper uh yeah little bottle filler for sour beers and barrel beers uh we picked up the end of last year no and started this year so this year and we haven't used it yet so i'm really looking forward to like cranking that thing out and yep. trying to get some some bottles out of that thing yeah. And so bottling beer is something you're going to continue to do. We often sort of discuss with brewers, you know, whether they're going to go over to cans or is that, you know, and how much applicability does that have to the spirit side of things or is that a completely different bottling process? 
I think it depends on the style of beer. We sort of, you know, we've, we've done a quince saison in a 750ml bottle. Um, and I, I think it depends on what your, yeah, the style of beer and, and what sort of look and the, you know, for, for quite special, unique beers. I think a bottle is so beautiful, you know, you, you sort of... It's you like want, an experience, you know, yeah. if you have a... It, it's a bit more... I don't know. I know, like, like people are putting anything in a can now. Yeah. Like Belgian sours and whatever. But to me, I like drinking them out of a bottle, mm. um, or even the barrel aged stouts. Like mm. drinking a barrel aged stout. I don't know why. It's that experiential thing. Um, but yeah, I think most of our beers will be in can. Yeah. But you know, like special ones. Yeah. Uh, sometimes need a bottle. I think it just gives it that. Yeah, it looks prettier. <laughs> yeah, it looks prettier, and it's nicer. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's experience. Started. That's yeah. Yeah, I think it's it comes down to experience. It's yeah. like it's like that experiment they did, like in the wine trade, where they put the same wine in two bottles. One's a one was a heavy, like a heavy glass bottle, and the other one was like a lighter eco bottle. And they got people to to write down how much each like how much they thought each each one was worth if they bought a bottle. And of course, the heavier one, the, the, the price yeah. was, yeah, like a yeah. third more um, because it's part of the experience. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's a good, it's a good reason to put them in glass. Uh, if you put the effort in, you want, want people to experience it the right way. Mm. Someone, I think someone said what type of glass on the chat line. Oh, I, I presume that to be what kind of glass should you drink it out of? That was the earlier question that we had um, in the way there. But, okay. but I know I know Mr. Wu has a question before we throw questions from the from the uh, Zoom room. Warren's going to get to ask the traditional oh, yeah. question. Let's let's have a non-dog you know version of our of our answer here. Oh yeah, so our traditional question is: What's the most disgusting, weird? smelly thing you've ever found in a cool room mm. or a <laughs> or gross thing you've ever seen in the cool room or weirdest thing you've ever seen in a cool room it was probably uh, and, and when we say cool room it doesn't necessarily like cool rooms we call it the cool room because you know if something's gonna really really go wrong in a venue yeah. usually it's the cool room yeah. um you were using a spatula the other day in the corner yeah the, we, the door. So, so we had we had the brew house kind of everything broke last uh two last weeks ago week, yeah so like the 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 boiler feed pump all the t- all the seals in the brew house everything mm-hmm. all the pumps broke at the same time three year break point everything just like stopped the end of the warranty yeah yeah, yeah. 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 We had, um, <laughs> the end of warranty yeah that's yeah. it the seals knew yeah. they were end of orange yeah. <laughs> so and we were like what do we do and we'd been putting off cleaning our cool room for a long time and it was starting to sort of have a bit of a smell in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like as they do. Um, but yeah, there was a little bit in the corner was probably the grossest thing. I, I don't know what it was. A bit of food or something. We were cleaning it and Alex, had, <laughs> he actually went in the kitchen, got a spatula and started. It was like a grey. It Slush. wasn't mould. It was just Slush. something has just <laughs> grown out of something else. And it yeah. just, we did. I think I've seen that before. I think I know the thing. It somehow... It's something that was solid that has now become liquid. It's yeah. changed. Yeah. It's changed our cool, room, our cool room now is immaculately clean, though, and it will <laughs> stay that way. So, <laughs> yeah. corners, corners get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that. 
Are you suggesting a round cool room design? Yeah, I think we oh, maybe. Need, I think we need a round cool room, a fully uh, spherical cool room. <laughs> spherical cool room. I think I've driven past some of those as I go past the Altona refinery, but they're usually used for containing the reactor vessels. <laughs> oh, yum! Yeah, well, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, well, it's, it's genuinely always nice to see brewers enjoying the beers that they've made. That's a really well, we good We don't style. actually drink them that often. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I haven't had one of these for a couple of months at least. Yeah. So it's um, at 13%. It's, uh, you know. Yeah, you can't drink them every day. Like, you can't. <laughs> you don't want to be your knockoff. Because, no. Yeah. It'll <laughs> knock you off. It's, yeah, yeah. 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 The um the question I guess you know when you're sitting here and sipping on this you know it's that sort of and the sun's coming out out the window again it's that thinking about the future and contemplating life what you know what are the what are the things you do want to be doing at Noodle Do for in, in coming you know months years what's the project which obviously encompasses a whole lot of different bits and pieces Ooh. you know what's, what's the project looking like going down the road for you guys. Well, we just we were looking on uh, Facebook Marketplace the other day at at a ex dairy tank. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to uh, say boat or something for a minute there, but yeah, as a gold ship. Um, it's a really low line, um, flat, um, sort of semi cylindrical bottom, mm. but it's open top. Wow, we, we could chuck that on a trailer. So we yeah. want. And then drive yeah. it out to ta- in the middle of Tower Hill. Yeah. Uh, like actually have a mobile coal ship. Yeah. I sort of yeah. want to get a little bit funky. <laughs> Do some interesting A little bit more stuff. funky. Yeah. A bit more barrel stuff, a bit more. But like also like just keep keep making fun, interesting, like whatever, whatever we like doing. That's why we don't want to sort of get stuck down on. I think the best thing like... With Alex and I sort of being co-owners, is we brew beer that we like to drink. So it's sort of, you yeah. know, we're not we're not getting told what to brew, and I and I think being brewers and owners is really quite unique in that space where we can just go, well, I kind of feel like drinking this, so let's brew it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's sort of yeah, it's fun. Maybe a few more, few more dads beers. I think they. <laughs> Brew an ESB or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we're fans of we're fans of those, and and believe me, my my ears did prick up before at the very beginning when you were talking about taking the cool ship out to um the Grand 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 Gary Wee and yeah. um, and which is a, just a magic part of the world. Yeah, uh, absolutely, pretty nice. And uh, so I've just been amused by a, a question that's been typed into the Zoom room. But before I do, before we get to question oh, yes. two. Question two is a ripper. I might even make that question three. But question two, let's go on to question one. First of all, let's do it in the sensible order. Uh, Jacob, can you please unmute? My friend, you're looking like you are having a wonderful afternoon sitting there in the sun, enjoying some amazing beers. What's your question, brother? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite sunny today. It's good. Um, no, my the question was just related to your whiskey uh, ventures. And, you know, whether you see Boilermakers as part of your future and in the meantime, what Boilermaker would you do with some of your beers? Do you have any, you know, third-party whiskies ready to go that you want to Boilermaker up or do? Yeah. Uh, I haven't really thought about that. No, we That's a actually. good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, um, I think maybe the Five Ds of Darkness, the, yeah. the collab beer that we did for Beer and Barbecue with yeah. Suburban Brewery. That'd go well. 
if you did a Boilermaker with that, that'd be pretty, it's already 8.2%. So it'd probably send you over the edge, but um, I think that would be kind of cool mm. with a bit of Tim Boone whiskey. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. Give that a shot. <laughs> We've only got that in keg though. So I want to maybe recreate that beer. I think it will. You know, um, It'll come back. Yeah. Slightly different form maybe. Yeah. Yeah we, have, yeah. we probably need to think about that a little bit more. That's, yeah, that's a good question. Well, Jacob will take his royalties from that along the way, <laughs> you know, as, 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 he's, as he's right and proper. I'm happy yeah. to test it, yeah. If he comes into the tap room, he can have a boilermaker on us. Yeah. <laughs> and is that genuine, more genuine? Is that sort of something you sort of see the tap room evolving into is some of those things where you do get to sort of put all of those experiences together? Yeah, I think... Absolutely. We, well, we did, we did a beer spider... Yeah, early on in with, yeah. with some of the um, stouts. One of our stouts. So I think beer spiders are going to, you know, that, that exper- experiential, you know. It's a bit wild, but, you know. Yeah, we we like to have fun in our tap room and, and all of that. So it's sort of, yeah. I think that's a really important thing with a tap room is, is the experience of it. Um, I think ours fits quite well in community um, in terms of its needs for uh, Kuroit. Because uh, we sort of almost seem like a coffee shop sometimes mm. in the mornings, mm. but like that's because there isn't a wasn't a coffee shop in town. So um, and then it kind of evolves through cafe where it needs to tap room. Um, yeah, and a, a sort of yeah. family friendly beer garden. Um, but I think the experience thing is definitely um, you need to focus on that for sure. We'll move on then to uh, to the second question from the Zoom room. Uh, Senor Martin. Gafford. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I live by the philosophy, happy wife, happy life. Um, so you've made a gin to keep your wives happy. Yeah. Um, what, are they, what are they ordering next? Uh, both of them. Luke, Luke. Or sour beers. Sour beers. <laughs> ba- barrel-aged sour We've beers. we them into barrel-aged sour beers, so we're all good. <laughs> we brainwash them. <laughs> And convince them that barrel aged sour beers are the best thing ever. Ah, genius. So, yeah, you watch, guys are genius. Coming, watch this space coming into spring. <laughs> now, in a minute, I'm going to get Jacob to unmute and ask another question. But on a related topic, here's my segue from that question to Jacob's one, which is uh, now that your wife's, uh, wife is in, into floristry and doing all that kind of work, have you thought about some ingredients arising out of that you can use in your distilling in your gin. Does that sort of give you access to things that perhaps you haven't thought about before? Or is that just making life too tricky? Is there anything on that front you'd like to do? And then we'll throw to um, throw to Jacob. Well, no, you're, you're right on the money there. With um, So my wife and I run just a small hobby 10-acre farm um, and we grow... In your, spa- in your spare time, which is starting to feel... Heaps of spare time. time. I, I actually don't sleep. Um, <laughs> pigs get the spent grain and yeah. So we've all... got, yeah, oh, we've right, got, yeah. I've got pigs. Um, we grow hops for one of our beers each year. So we've got a fresh hop IPA, which is only on tap. Um, what else? Oh, we, we grow probably about 30 kilos of raspberries. So we're I want to of, steal some of them. Yeah, we're talking about... <laughs> Sam's son eats them all. So, yeah. <laughs> so my boys just go and pick pick them out yeah before they're before they're even ripe but yeah do, do the pigs that eat the grain 
eventually end up back at yeah. the brewery in another oh, no. Not in the brewery, but nah. just, just home, home butcher. The best yeah. sausages you'll ever eat. Because <laughs> I'm the kind of, you know, person who would really like the idea of eating the pigs uh, and drinking the Hefeweizen, which is, you know, based on the pigs and the pigs are based on the Hefeweizen. Yeah. Good idea. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I think at some stage we'll probably get there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not volunteering to come down and make the beer. I'm certainly not coming down and volunteering to do the slaughtering, but I'm I'm happy to come down and do the eating and the drinking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that's our little... That's our thing. Sorry. Yeah. The freezer will be full, so anytime you're down, uh, we'll, we'll have your hand. It's a, it's a dangerous offer to make. You never know when we'll, when we'll turn up. But yeah, going back to the question, we we are definitely uh, looking at grow growing a lot more produce to go into our product. Um, yeah. yeah, so that 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 whole farm to to product sort of mentality is definitely there, and it's it's it makes it really real and fun, and mm. yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah, it's nice. Let's have Jacob unmute and ask his sort of segue question on from there. Yeah, it's kind of related, um, tying into both last two questions in terms of the gins, which you've been able to access a lot of native botanicals for, which is tremendous. But of course, you could use potentially these products in your beers. And do you have any plans to do that with some native ingredients? Because I think that's a it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, we we've really opened our eyes a bit just doing those um, uh, liqueurs, like we're working on at the moment, and then a few of the other products we've done in the distillery. Um, how amazing some of those ingredients are. I think mm. desert lime was one of the ones that blew our minds. Mm. Um, mm. It's got this crazy mandarin, mm. um, like, oh, it's just, it, they're delicious. So It's um, sweet, sour. It's almost, yeah, yeah, like candied, like a really ripe desert lime. You yeah. can just pop in your mouth and actually eat. Like it's got a really uh, thin skin. Um, it's, yeah. It's sort of that beaded sort of citrus in the middle, sort of the like yeah. a finger lime sort of yeah, yeah like a finger they're, lime. They're but... real tiny little yellow things. Um, they're they're pretty spot on. So yeah. we were thinking like a um, like a rice lager or something with yeah. that, like just super oh, yeah. clean and crisp. Yeah. Um, uh, but even with the spent, um, we've oh, got, that's right. Yeah, we've got an Australian citrus liqueur we're making. Um, that we're gonna maybe use the spent like we did with the cherry use the spent citrus um, to um, infuse a bit in a dry hop uh, saison uh, sour. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. We might, like, try and re like give second life to a few of the ingredients. Because, mm. mm. um, like, you kind of, like, using it and there's still, like, really great flavour left. So, like, if you're going to mm. waste that, like, why not try and... So even the um, coffee wattle seed, we could probably yeah. use in a beer. If we're making a coffee wattle seed liqueur... Mm-hmm. And then there's still great flavour left there. Mm. We might be able to infuse back into a beer, like mm. a, a stout or something interesting like yep. that. So mm. trying to use everything you can. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's one ingredient which is um, strawberry gum. Yeah. Which we both oh, love, yeah. but it it's is really hard to work out what to do with it and the quantity, and because it's pretty intense. Yeah. It but, throws off an interesting flavour on the, like, the initial note is great, but then it's got, like, this sort of menthol backbone. Mm. So it kind of, like, pulls back around where you're like, this is delicious, and then it's I don't of, know what this is anymore. It's really yeah, wild yeah. and hard to tame. But, yeah. 
So yeah. you, you, some of them are sort of you got to treat with a bit of trepidation. Same with mm. um, uh, mountain pepper. Like it's intense. Yeah. Um, it's great, but it's intense. Um, it, a lot of them like that. Yeah. Um, Sam Moondog did a strawberry gum, strawberry gum beer along the way, which was um, a really interesting beer. It was a great one to sort of give people who were new to beers, but you're not wrong. It's, um, it doesn't fit in a normal beer palette by any means. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam, are you still, are you, do you still have beehives? Are you still doing that? Is that part of the, yeah, you've got yeah. that as part of the process as well? well both both yeah. Alex and I have hives. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. We, oh, we've, I've got three. You've I've got, got three. We've yeah. both got three hives each yeah. and we both get too much honey off them um, each year that, you know, we're we our cupboards, know our Christmas presents, our everything. We just sort of offload honey. So if anyone's got any idea for honey, like uh, some fermented kind of honey beer We're, hybrid, yeah. you know, we sort I don't of thought of mead, but, but neither of us really like mead. We that might do much. a we might do a braggart. Uh, I think. Oh, yeah. we, I keep on mentioning it, but two two meter talls mead, um, the Tasmanian, you know. Um, I can't remember his name at the moment, but yeah, he he doesn't mean it's cracking, and it's it's kind of a bit it's kind of a barrel aged sourish, mm. uh, so maybe that might be an option for you if you've got a little bit too much honey. But the braggots and stuff could be really good fun as well. So uh, we've got two more audience questions, and then we're going to wrap things up for the afternoon. We're going to get Mark to ask a question, and then we're going to get David, not from Bendigo, to ask a question about Bendigo. So, Mark, do you want to unmute, mate, and um, ask your question, my friend? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, th thanks, guys. Sensational session so far. Um, as I'm just sipping on your um, your, your beautiful um, whis whiskey-barrelled Imperial Stout, and you mentioned earlier on about um, bringing in um, some fruit. Just talking about like um, profit blowouts and like your projects <laughs> might have gone a bit crazy and um, all of a sudden you've still got those parameters you can sell that sort of beer at, but yeah. there's no profit margin. And, mm. and if you've improved as you've gone along with maybe a bit of the planning and so forth. Yeah, I kind of get a bit wild sometimes. I don't oh, we, we do. We don't think about the profit at all yeah. <laughs> really and that and that's probably because we don't come from a business of finance sense we come from product <laughs> product focused um <laughs> uh, which we really we need to probably get better at yeah i spoke to making um, more money but we don't <laughs> we're not very good at it i spoke to chris like uh my old boss from holgate and i told him how many hops i put in the beer and he was just like do you not like money? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, probably a bad idea, but you know. <laughs> do, do, yeah, do, do the financial know, managers, your wives, come into the the picture then? Uh, no, nah, they they sort of <laughs> sort of on the sidelines. We'll, they stay out of it a bit. I think they, yeah. when we need to, we'll, we'll we'll um you know we'll be sensible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. like, you like these two evil scientists going, yes, how do we... <laughs> One day we'll worry about money, but right at the moment, <laughs> fuck it. Restraints probably, uh, yeah, one day we'll get it. I think winter's one of those times that actually really, you know, because winter people don't drink as much beer and all that, you know, so you, you, don't, you don't see as much money coming. So we've, we sort of slow down a lot in winter, so it's kind of good. 
this time of year to give us a, a bit more to think about, um, to plan, to work out, all right, how are we going to do this? We're more organised than we've ever been, I think. Yeah. Which is weird. But we kind of know what we're going to do this summer, yeah. which is like something, we've, a position we've never been in before. <laughs> <laughs> We just kind of go, what are we going to do now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Finally, let's throw to me, old mate, Mr Croft. Uh, you've got a question as well about the fine city of Bendigo. Well, is Crofty there? I was, I was going to say, I, um, I, I, I had to double check, but you're definitely at Bendigo on the hop, uh, which is coming up in about a month. So I thought I should uh, yeah. throw that out on recording. Um, that... If you want to meet these guys, there's still tickets available. So get in there. Uh, you can probably meet them there. But uh, what what can we expect and where are you stationed at Bendigo on the Hop this year? Yeah. So we're at the Festival Hub uh, with Wayward, I think. Um, and uh, the like, Cambrian's hosting that one, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. The Cambrian's the, the hub there. But the, the Cambrian Hotel itself is well yeah, out of town, so yeah. they, they set up shop in the mall there. In the mall, um, in, the, in the middle. Um, it, so we're right in the centre of Bendigo on the Hot, which will be pretty cool. Um, we're doing a, a uh, Choc Cherry Coconut Extra, extra Sour, sour. <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, like 6.5% yeah. chocolate cherry, like like a cherry ripe, but we sort of not trying to... Not like a cherry ripe. Yeah, like a cherry ripe. <laughs> But not, yeah, not not as sweet as a cherry ripe. No. So not like a dessert stout. Like it's still going to be an extra stout, but it's going to have that kind of flavour profile. It's a festival beer. We're going to release it in cans. Um, And, yeah, we're pretty excited to go to Ben and go on the hop for the first time. Um, Yeah. Awesome. That was going to be like a follow-up. Was this your first time at Ben and go on the hop? Yeah, uh, yeah, as a brewery, yeah. 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 I've been a couple of times uh yeah, previously. But yeah, it's pretty cool. The first time was a brewery, yeah. So we we were, panic stations were the other week when when our boiler pump blew. So everything and we broke. didn't yeah, so we didn't have the beer down then. So we it's brewed, it's done, it's in tank, so it's all fine. So yeah. So we should expect to see you two pouring beers then. Is that what you're saying? So, so. <laughs> Hopefully Sam can make it. Yeah. We need a quiz master for fr- the Friday night. Anyone? Can yeah. You? Now we run Friday night uh, trivia at the tap room. So we're still finding a, a quiz master for the 26th of August. If someone's still, if someone's available out there and wants to uh, put their hand up. Unaccustomed as I am. <laughs> oh yeah, David. Well, he'll probably be a Bendigo, but you know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> And we didn't put too much coconut in it. Uh, who was that? Mark. <laughs> Just the right amount. <laughs> a, a good, strong answer. Let's wrap things up there in terms of the recorded session, gentlemen. You've been excellently uh, generous with your time this afternoon. We've loved to hear the story. Uh, it's one of the, my favourite things is uh, we're lucky enough sometimes to have breweries come back year after year and we can hear how the story unfolds over time. And it yeah. really feels like your story is still right at the very beginning. There's some really exciting plans and schemes there. So uh, we really look forward to being a part of those going forward. And thank you for sharing some amazing beers with us on a Sunday afternoon. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having Pleasure. us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been, been great. fun. 
Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Sam. Cheers.